Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everything you remember must mean something. So what does that thought mean? Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. You look surprised then. Yeah, sorry. I wasn't, wasn't quite ready. I was still chewing a bit of my food. What have you got over I've there? I've just got a naked bar. Well, I don't expect you to share it with me. No. Oh. Do you want some? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay. It looks revolting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before you arrived, mm. I, uh, I made myself a glass of iced coffee, mm. which is a thing I like to do. Um, I don't. Th- I think anybody who knows anything about coffee would be disgusting at the way disgusted at the way I make it. I don't think I do it the proper way. Okay. So I just put some ice cubes in a glass and then fill it with espresso. What other way is it? I don't know, but when you go into a coffee shop, it seems to be a very involved uh, process. A bit more faffing. Yeah, mm, okay. yeah. Um, so anyway, so I, I make this drink in the glass and then I think, I want to drink it through a straw. Mm. So I open up the drawer. And I, um, I've got like a huge bag of plastic straws I bought about a year ago that I'm slowly working my way through. And I heard the noise you make then. Yeah, don't mean don't tell anybody. Well this is it. It's like just the devil. Well single use plastic is is it's frowned upon, isn't it? And yeah. straws. Yeah. There's a big campaign to get rid of drinking straws. Yeah. Plastic drinking straws. Which is a problem for me because I've got a weird thing that I don't like the feel of paper touching my lips uh, yeah. or wood or anything like that. So um, I'm I'm really trying to ration out these straws. What, you just gave me a look then? I'm just thinking you, you couldn't, for example, as an adult, live without a straw. Well, this, this is what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, do you think it is just childish drinking through a straw? I don't I mean, I can't remember the last time I used one. Like, like why? It's not necessary. No. Like, why are we drinking through straws, really? I think if you had your wisdom teeth out or something and you need to, like, I don't know, have your food through a straw, it's fine. But I don't, I don't, I'm not sure as an adult you need to have your drink through this, a straw. This is what I was thinking to myself. I was thinking, mm. is this, this just a childish thing that I'm doing? Because like, yeah, yeah. then the other thing that I do, these straws are all different colours. Oh, shit. And I think about what colour I'd like to drink through <laughs> and just, like, grab one. I think, oh, I think I'm going to have a green one today. I'll tell you what I'm going to get you. I'm going to get one of those curly whirly straws that you can use time and time again. You'd love oh, that. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing that happened to me, um, <laughs> this is how little goes on in my life when I just said another thing that happened to me, having just described choosing a straw. <laughs> that big deal thing that happened to me. Uh, but an- another slightly bigger thing that happened to me the other day is um, I went out to meet some friends, which is a rarity in oh, itself. Nice. had an evening out with um, my-, my friend Chris and his wife Joe on Saturday night. And 
had to get back for the babysitter and I was slightly worried that I wouldn't be able to get back in in time. So I took a taxi off a taxi rank. Uh, So I get in this taxi and um, I tell him where I'm going and the the taxi driver says, so do you follow the football, mate? Oh, mm. And I say, no, no, I don't really follow it. I don't enjoy football, so no, I don't know anything about it. He then proceeded to talk about the football for half an hour. It was a half-hour journey. And the whole time, like, there wasn't another topic conversation. And I didn't give much back. I mean, Mm. I wasn't rude, but, I mean, he would often say, do you know what I mean? I go, mm, yeah. And and he just kept talking. I thought... What kind of person does that? Imagine if I met somebody and said, so do you like the Beatles then? Mm. They went, no, not really. Never did much for me. And then I proceeded to say, well, there was this thing in like 1967. It's a very interesting year to me. Describe everything that happened to the Beatles in 1960. <laughs> like, what what goes on in people's heads? He just really desperately wanted to talk about it. He couldn't care less that you didn't you didn't want to. But he was talking about the World Cup, which was weeks ago. <laughs> And he's anyway. still going on about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bit like me in Love Island now it's finished. Like, <laughs> whenever I meet someone, I don't care they don't want to talk about it. I'm there. Excuse me. Do you have any wood? Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port adrift. Ooh, I'm in the stream. Please share your story with us. You can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Which distinguished governor Martha has. The discussions in a previous episode about someone's anxiety in a going-around-the-circle group-sharing activity and your NCT experiences, Jeff, reminded me of something excruciating that I encounter on a semi-regular basis that most of your listeners may not know is a thing. As a Christian and a member of a lovely church, I often find myself in small group settings where we chat, talk about the Bible and other stereotypical churchy stuff. It's considered good form to end this kind of group with a time of sharing things going on in our lives, followed by someone saying the dreaded words, shall we pray? As these groups are usually pretty informal affairs, this type of prayer can take many different forms. There are no rules and it's pretty dependent on the person running it that day to decide how this will take place. The praying can take a few forms. There is the let's all just pray in our heads method. Hands down, my utter (laughs) favourite. It involves sitting in respectful silence while we have our own personal chat with our creator. See also the variation. We've run out of time, so why don't we commit to praying about all of these things on our own when we get home? Again, best possible (laughs) result. Or you might have someone saying, let's all take a person in turn and anyone who feels moved can pray aloud for them. Not too bad, as the more keen and confident will always fill the space on your behalf, although the unstructured nature does mean a lot of long silences until the leader has decided for you're all prayed out. This can be tackled with some subtle stretching and a deep breath in through the nose, surprisingly effective. (laughs) Finally, there is the one I dread, which is, let's all just pray aloud for one person each until everyone has been prayed for. This is the absolute worst scenario. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, I'm totally in favour of the listening, the supporting and the praying. But as soon as those words are spoken, something happens to me and my mind goes blank, rendering me unable to process normal conscious thought, let alone remember what everyone else has been listening to and nodding along what that actually said. As I'm sitting there panicking, I can usually start to vaguely remember something that someone has shared only to have a keen and eloquent friend jump in first and nab the opportunity. I'm then left floundering, trying my best to remember if it's Stacey who has the kid with the hospital appointment next week, (laughs) or if I'm getting a mix-up with Emma as a job interview. Did Dave mention that he's not been sleeping, or was it eating? What is Stacey's kid even called anyway? 
I procrastinate for so long not wanting to get it wrong that I'm invariably the last one who is yet to praying, trying desperately to do the equation to work out who is left. <laughs> this poor person who has been brave enough to share a vulnerability with this group of people is left with my bumbling, nervous prayer <laughs> where I will forget key facts and then try and make a joke, which, even if funny, wouldn't get a laugh because none of us can work out if this is appropriate or not. <laughs> entertain you with a funny story of a specific time where I failed at this because they are all so awkward I instantly want to wipe them from my mind. I console myself with the fact that it's not about me and that if God is all-knowing then he already knows what I should have done anyway. <laughs> it doesn't help shake the feeling that I've somehow let people down a little however. Does that sound excruciating? Oh it's so funny. Also I guess if you if you you know if you go last then basically you get the dregs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, you get yeah. somebody like me who like <laughs> is asking God about which straw he should <laughs> use and whether he should be using plastic. <laughs> exactly. Oh God, that's so so great. Oh dear. Okay, and this is from Dan. I was worried about Jeff's comment that the post was running low, so I thought I would share a moment of cripplingly awkwardness that I suffered a couple of years ago whilst on holiday with my family in Le Touquet. Did I say I that? Right? That was pretty good. Le okay. Touquet. Okay. Le Touquet. I know this sounds improbable, which I feel takes some of my culpability away. This instance still makes me cringe when I think about it at random moments, but I pass the test of not being a bad person that you said on a recent podcast because I still feel awful about it, even though technically it wasn't my fault. I was with my wife and two young children on the seafront, and we were discussing what we were going to do and which direction we were going to go in. As you and Jeff know, getting young children to do what you want when out and about can be like mobilising an army. When we finally decided what we were going to do, mini golf, I decided to leave the march. When I'm with my family, I tend to be in a bit of a bubble and don't overly worry about what people think of me as long as it amuses them. I know this is at odds with many drifters, but what happened next was a lesson that staying in your shell and not engaging is often less painful. I confidently started to march off in an exaggerated manner with the family behind me. And for reasons that I cannot explain, I loudly sang, Hi, ho, hi, ho, it's off to golf we go. I I think I can see where this is going. As I started to whistle, I turned round to see if the kids were laughing. They were. All good. My wife, however, wasn't. Neither were the three dwarves who were walking along next to us in our direction behind me. I have no idea if they spoke English, but I'm pretty sure that tune is universal Uh, in every variation of Snow White. uh, They were suddenly looking at me in a way that made me wish the ground would swallow me up. uh, I'm not insensitive to anyone and I didn't mean any offence. I wasn't even really thinking of Snow White. But really, what were the chances of this being witnessed in this way? Hopefully you will agree that I can't be held accountable for my actions and my continuing guilt means I'm not evil. Yeah, you're not you're not a bad person. No, you're just unlucky. Yeah. You're very unlucky. Unlucky. <laughs> uh, if you got a story you would be willing to share with us along those lines, then please email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is warm and friendly and you like it. And that's why you're here. You were the one that pressed play after all, with your thumb. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You have a lovely thumb. All right, Annabelle. Yes. You have prepared a story. Yeah. What's it about? Well, I'm going to go a bit seedy today. 
As This American Life sometimes says, if there's anything of a vaguely risque nature, this podcast acknowledges the existence of sex. <laughs> if you're a family gathered around the computer on a Sunday evening to listen to this podcast, which I'm sure is how many listen to this, <laughs> perhaps skip this one. Yeah. Or perhaps the parents can do what my friend Jane's mum used to do, which was keep a book on the arm of the sofa for when anything vaguely saucy appeared on TV so she could pick it up and read it and not look at the TV. <laughs> and it was the only time she ever read this book. It must have taken her so long to finish it. That's great. So families, feel free to skip. Everyone else, welcome. Yeah. So I'm going to start in the time before everyone had the internet, when teenage boys got their kicks from mucky magazines that they found in the woods and hid in their bedroom. My brother tells a story of coming home one day and finding our mum hoovering under his bed very delicately around his dirty <laughs> magazine, not touching it at all, which I found extraordinary that my mum was hoovering under the bed. I thought we were more of a, if you can't see it, it's clean kind of family. Maybe not. Now, my boyfriend, Tom, who I've mentioned before, he's younger than me. He was lucky because he had the internet at home when he was a teenager. Although it was the kind of internet that took nearly a day to download just in one image. So he speaks of the agony of it taking over an hour for a nipple to appear whilst knowing his parents would be home at any minute. So Tom is one character in this story. I'm going yeah. to introduce another now. Yeah. Don't worry, it's not me, just in case you're worrying about what kind of seedy direction this is taking. <laughs> the second character is one of my oldest and best friends, Marie. Now, Marie is one of those friends where if you're talking on the phone, if we were talking on the phone and you could only hear my end of the conversation, all you'd hear is, you did what? No, you didn't. Oh, my God, no. But I thought you were doing that. So you're doing this now? No. It's, it's like very much that kind of friend, the, the best kind of friend. She's had about 300 careers and they're all so vastly different. She's trained as a therapist. She's been a laser therapist. She's worked in HR and TV. She designed Wembley Stadium, kind of, because yeah, yeah. she worked as a TV prop maker for a while and had to make an architect's model of a stadium for an architect's office and she created one with a very distinctive arch over it and then a few years later they unveiled the new Wembley Stadium and it looked very familiar. So which which TV show was in this in the background of? I can't remember. I think it was on Sky. It might have had David Baddiel or Johnny Vaughan in it, someone like that. David Baddiel, I think. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, so, yeah, and some, like, some well architect yeah. who'd won the commission for Wembley Stadium. Yeah, saw that, thought that's a good idea. I'm having it. You can't say it didn't happen. You can't. You can't. She also worked as a children's entertainer and, quite a few years back, once appeared on television as a sex expert. So it was a sex education show on Channel 5, of course. I'm sure if Channel 5 existed in the early 80s, Jane's mum would have easily finished that book of hers. <laughs> and the show covered all sorts of disgusting, filthy things that are acting like they're normal. <laughs> And Marie was brought in to explain how to do a prostate massage. Now, if you don't know what this is, Google it and then delete your browsing history. <laughs> I think prostate massage is a very nice way of putting it. It makes it sound healthy and normal and clinical and not at all deviant. <laughs> I can't remember how Marie ended up doing this job, but she did. I think she had a friend who worked on the show at the time or something. Right. What I do remember is Marie on the show talking about and demonstrating this sexual practice and the entire time even though her accent is identical to mine the entire time sounding exactly like Princess Margaret <laughs> she was so posh on it I also remember discovering that the man that she was performing this prostate massage on was someone there on work experience oh, I God. know it's awful isn't it yeah. so bad so this is just one of the things that Maria's done, and I'd kind of forgotten about it as it was years ago, until the day I introduced her for the first time to my boyfriend, Tom. And he's been a bit 
weird, like a bit flustered, not saying much, until she went to the toilet and it emerged that when he was younger, he'd had a recording of a particular episode of a Channel 5 sex show (laughs) that he'd very much enjoyed. And in a time of limited options to get your kicks, he'd recorded it, put it onto a VHS that he'd labelled World Snooker Championships. And watched it over and over again. And the star of his very favourite bit, one of my oldest and best friends, Marie. He was like a teenager of the 70s meeting Linda Lovelace. (laughs) But for him, the prostate massage lady, he was totally starstruck. And also told, in no uncertain terms, don't you go expecting any of that funny business from me. Disgusting. (laughs) Okay, family, you can come back now and gather around your computer again. You will be reminded of this show and this feeling. Adrift. When you wake up. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Oh, I just want to quickly um, mention something. And I know that um, adverts for this sometimes pop up in the podcast anyway, so I go at the risk of repeating myself. Um... I just wanted to mention that we've got a new series of this interview show that I do for Union Jack Radio, which is on the air at the moment. It's on once once every two weeks on a Saturday morning, and then they repeat it the following week. So, so in other words, there's a new episode every fortnight. Right. And it's called Hometown Glory. And what I do is I go and sit in a studio with a, a comedian or a famous person, and I get them to tell me about their hometown. And we have a big screen in there, and sometimes we look at stuff on Google Maps. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the new series is on now, and I know Phil Jupiter's was the first episode, and there's uh, people like uh, Glenn Matlock from the Sex oh. Pistols on there, and uh, comedians Mark Steele, Andy Hamilton, who... Oh. who um, created outnumbered and i thought this might be exciting for you yeah yeah go on um the governess the gov oh from the chase yes you're kidding me no that's amazing yeah wow so i don't know if if that one's been on the air or not yet but um she was um, so this is the second series of this so you know i've done 12 of these at this point maybe more and she was by far the most astonishing and interesting person oh i can't wait to yeah, listen to that she's had a, a very odd childhood i mean it gets bits of it are a bit bleak but okay. basically her dad was like a del boy but with no work ethic oh, so wow. he constantly got ideas and scams and things yeah, yeah. but never really did anything about them um but he invented his own moisturizer <gasps> Which I don't think he ever marketed, but there were tubs of this stuff around their oh house when she was a little girl. Oh, brilliant. So I just wanted to to mention that. If you haven't heard that show yet, it's, uh, as I say, every other Saturday. But you can get it as a podcast as well. You yeah. can find it very easily if you type in my name and hometown glory into wherever you get your podcasts from, then it will come up quite easily. Um, but, yeah, I've really enjoyed doing another series of that, and they're available now if you want something else to listen to. And uh, I should mention at this juncture as well, Patreon, we appreciate your support. It's what helps us keep this podcast going. So if you don't support us on Patreon yet and you, you have got a bit of spare change rattling around every month, then she think I'd make a good beggar. <laughs> I know, I think you're too awkward. Yeah. yeah. Do you think I'd be any good at doing those scams where I pretend I've lost my car keys? Um, no, need, same again. <laughs> need fifteen pounds to get to Macclesfield yeah, or whatever. No, 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 sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm too awkward with the begging, but I feel we spent the first six months of the podcast talking about how awkward this part is. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying not to do that so okay. much. Do you remember when you were off on maternity leave? I uh, I went to Chicago and I did one of the episodes with someone off public radio over there, and I felt oh. she really inspired me, Greta Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, support us on podcast at Patreon 
if you don't already. Um, Did you see the email about the merch? No, what email about the merch? Someone you mentioned an apron yeah. for merch. Someone says I do wear an apron. So I can't remember the name, but they're in New York, I think. They do wear an apron. They were wearing an apron as we were saying it. Is that right? Because they put the podcast in the pocket. Like they put their phone in the pocket to listen to podcasts. Oh, the apron. So, so if we if we did merch, we'd have to make sure that the aprons we sold have yeah. pockets for for MP3 players. It has to have pockets. Or phones, really. Not many people are using dedicated MP3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just seeing if I could find. Yeah, yeah. That email. Hang on a second. Um, and my other email. This may take a little longer than I would have initially had. <laughs> it's uh, it was the penultimate, most recent merch. There merch. you go, Kathleen, Kathleen yeah, Collins. Kathleen. So Kathleen wears an apron. Yeah. Was okay. Well, this is this is something we could explore. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm more open to the idea of an apron because I I do remember poo pooing it before. Yeah. What about oven gloves? Uh, I poo poo that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, for the time being, uh, since you can't get your hands on the merch yet because it doesn't exist, mm, mm, um, but we, you know, these these things take a while to percolate, don't they? Actually, maybe oven gloves is a good idea. I feel like I dismissed that too quickly. Thank you. Yes, I'm so sorry. I'm going to take it back. That was like my whole life in microcosm. <laughs> people, people dismissed me very quickly, but actually, it turned out I was right all along. You were, yeah. yeah. Um, we will look into this. Mm-mm. Can we talk? To, we'll talk to someone. Maybe Kim Rainey will help us out who did the artwork for the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, for the time being, if you would support us on Patreon, it's incredibly kind of you if you do that. And uh, we've got some rewards coming up over the next few weeks. Yep. The Partners podcast is looking like it might be happening again more recently than, you yeah, know, let's not count words. our chickens. Yeah, yeah. But we've also got the Adrift Diet plan in the works. Oh, well, that's, that's in the works, is it? Well, we talked about it last week or the week before or whenever it was. Okay, so it's in the works, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that qualifies it being in the works, doesn't it? I totally agree. It's not not in the works. No, no, you're right, it's in the works. Um, Anyway, support us, patreon.com stroke adrift. There are some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you, and on the sail is written G... L A P which stands for Glap Adrift. So I live in a terraced house, it's where we record the podcast, and meaning I've got neighbours on either side. Mm-hmm. I've got a very, very small postage stamp sized garden out the back, and you've been out there quite a lot this summer, or at least we've had the kitchen doors open to let the air in Mm. and so on. My neighbours to the right, the dearies, they're out in their back garden the whole time. They recently got a puppy. Oh, lovely. It's called Lily Cupcake Sprinkles. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Anything for short? Lily. Lily. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. Um, And also Chris, the, the dad of the family, is like an expert griller. So not gorilla. Oh, gorilla. Bar- you mean a barbecuer? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's out on the BBQ the whole time. Right. So you know they they live a very outdoorsy life okay. uh, in the summer. They they really make use of their garden. So I will often hear what they're talking about over the over the hedge. Can't see them, but I can hear them. And there've been a couple couple of times recently where something's happened. Like I can. You know, hear them talking, saying something like, "I don't know what 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 time does the punch? What time does the uh, what time does the pub do lunch till?" And I will helpfully shout across, "Oh, Chris, it's Jeff. It's three three o'clock. They do food till three. Right? Or you know, I'll hear them talking about maybe having watched an episode of Queer Eye, and then the next time I see them as we're coming out the front door, I'll say, "Oh, I heard you were talking about Queer Eye." 
Right, right. Sarah loses her mind when I do this because she says what I am doing is breaking the social contract of the garden fence. Mm -hmm. Mm. So if you've got a fence or a hedge, that might as well be soundproof. It it, it might as well be the Great Wall of China. What goes on on the other side of the hedge or the fence is not your business. Right, yeah. Whereas I feel like I'm just being helpful and neighbourly. Yeah, true, yeah, yeah. Mm. Who's right, who's wrong? I find out in this week's The Incident. I decided to seek advice from my old radio partner, Pete Mitchell, formerly of Pete and Jeff. To be honest, it kind of starts off on topic and then meanders off elsewhere, much like we used to do on the radio. Well, it's a tricky one. Are you eavesdropping on their conversation, would you say? I'm not deliberate. I'm not going out my way to eavesdrop, but, you know, they've got booming voices. <laughs> you know what it's like. You've got a booming voice. Like your neighbours will know all your business. But I, I'm not too sure about that because I think I live a quite a sedate, sedentary life is that the is that the right <laughs> word but so? uh, I, I think it is but um we have new neighbors and from the relative quiet of um the last 10 years or so this is next door but one uh, he he moved out and a family of four came in with a new baby and i've never heard anything like it it's what like, the, the baby uh, is crying a lot the baby is crying, which you understand. You have a small one, Jean. They're uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I get that. But then uh, the other, with this weather as well, we're all out in the gardens. There's a lot of noise. Um, and it was my wife, Helen's uh, first day off in quite a while. And I swear from 8.15 in the morning till when I blew my top, which was about <laughs> quarter past five, an angle grinder. An angle grinder. So all hang on. Day. So w- w- the baby wasn't playing with the angle grinder all day. No, I think it was the like the grandparents, or it was a builder. They, what uh, what, we, angle, we, what angles were they grinding all day? About forty-seven degrees. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, what are they, forty-seven, what are they doing forty-nine all day with an angle grinder? I don't know. Well, I don't. I think I, I, I seem to. Um, Remember having a conversation with you some some time ago about noise in general, and mm. I don't know if I was talking about my flat or your flat. I can't remember when we uh, when we lodged together a little bit, and I think somebody was hammering, and you said to me, <laughs> "How can somebody hammer for so long?" And it's a it's a quite an interesting point, is it? How long yeah. can you hammer? F- how long can you hammer for? Four, five, six hours? What? You- <laughs> An angle grinding intermittently. To be fair. From, you know, what's that, about eight hours? And I blew my top about quarter past five. I went, whoa, stop. Did you, you stop now? But this it's is next door but one. Mad. So you're shouting over the next door to get to the next door but next one. Next door but one. Next door but one. Yeah. And I just, we just, Helen was going nuts. It was hot weather. <laughs> I'd probably had a drink by that stage. I can't quite remember. And I, I just said, whoa, 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 stop this now. You are sending me crazy. And a, a voice of an old man shouted back, I'm sorry, sir. I do apologise about the noise. I said, you're not really allowed to make that sort of noise at the weekend after 1pm. Do you know that ruling? Um, anyway, to cut a long story short, I said, stop this now. It's sending me nuts. We want some peace and quiet. You've been doing this since quarter past eight. You should have finished at one. And he went, I've just got two more cuts to do, sir. And then I'll finish. <laughs> and he carried on. he carried on for another hour. So he just didn't take any Well, those are big, big of... cuts. Well, how how can you cut how, two cuts? And that's 30 minutes per cut. That is a long cut. What on, earth is, 
Well, what do you, what what do you cut in that? I don't know. What would it be? Floorboards? I mean, I don't you know, know was he trying to get down DIY. to the Earth's core? What was going on? <laughs> Probably. But here's here's what concerns me about it. You've now made an enemy. Mm. I was saying um, to Helena, uh, my wife, of course. To people who don't know uh, my status. Uh, <laughs> married quite happily for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think it's 10 years this November. It is 10 years, yeah. You've really it really is. made a go of it this time round. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah. I'm, in it for the lo- I'm in it for the long haul. I know. This, this is it till death you do part. You need to walk before you run. Okay. Or something like that. <laughs> right. Um, where were we up to? I can't quite remember. I so I was saying you've made an enemy for life. I'm, I'm worried now. Yeah, well, I, will never, I will never, ever speak to them, I don't think, which is, they could be there for 10, 15 years. I might move, but, you know, we'll probably never speak to them now. <laughs> the weirdest one that, uh, of the inter- one that I interact with, so my immediate neighbours, uh, I can't give you too much information, but one of them is an American psychologist. Yes, yes. And the other is a, uh, um, works in print. Okay, and there was one night when our outside, you know, the security light flashes on. I do, yes. And and lurking in the shadows, this is not next door but one, but next door, in a wheelbarrow with his son was a dead fox. What? And they had a dead fox in the wheelbarrow. And now, they brought really, it really into weird. your front garden. This is what? No, it was down in their garden. So I've never asked what happened, but they buried it under a big stone at the bottom of their garden. Now, so do you had... think in some kind of father-son ritual they've been out and slaughtered a fox in the dead of night? No, it wasn't a fo- Did I say a fox then? Yeah, you meant a it person. Was a it, was a, it was a badger. Oh, that's even worse. It's protected. Yeah, it wasn't a... Yeah, <laughs> worse to poor Mr Fox. Fantastic Mr Fox. <laughs> Nobody to talk to. Nobody cares about his ragged old skin and his chunks of fur. But it was a, yeah, it was a badger, which is a terrible thing anyway. But maybe he was involved in the uh, the slaying of this mm. protected animal. Satanists. So Satanists. <laughs> but anyway, um, I've never forgotten it, and we've never actually, uh, you know. So the longer it goes, I, the weirder I, it is to bring it up, though. Oh no! Well, no. Well, I wouldn't dream of it now because he thinks he got away with it. But I made sure because they had the hoods up and everything, like they were Victorian <laughs> uh, grave uh, diggers, Gra- grave, grave robbers. Diggers. Yeah, 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 grave robbers. Yeah, and um, it was quite weird. I think he may have run over it. Right. Which yeah, they do dart over the road, don't they? they don't have much road sense. Badgers do they? <laughs> they don't. They don't. Well, Which... maybe um, maybe here's the thing you could do. You could exhume the badger and do, you know, like a serial or making a murderer oh. and try and get to the bottom of wow. what really went on as a podcast. Wow, that sort of face going like that. <laughs> <laughs> <His> face. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you know where you're going... 
doesn't matter if the location is going in that same direction because you're already making the move. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift. Worst thing about being a parent? Uh, sleepless nights. Yeah, there is that. There yeah. is that. Like I sometimes say the best thing about it is I have an excuse to not go out. So anytime anybody invites me to anything, mm. I'll, I'll use um, having to be on childcare duty as, as an excuse. Yeah, it's handy. But actually, I feel that it's really crippling me at the moment because I really want to go out and I can't. What? Why? Because... Mamma Mia 2 oh. is out of the pictures and I don't know yeah. when I'm going to see it. I know, I'm the same. I'm going to have to wait for it to come on video. Oh, that's going to be ages away. I know, and I really want to see it in the cinema and I really want to see it in a full cinema yeah. where everyone's giddy. Yeah. And it will have been out weeks, best case scenario, and I'm so upset because I'm so desperate to see Mamma Mia mm. 2. Here we go again. Oh. What a title, really. It's a great title. Yep. Um, I know some people listen to this will think Mamma Mia is just terrible, but you're, you're wrong. You're, it's brilliant. You're, you're wrong. It's brilliant. I've seen the uh, the stage production of Mamma Mia, I think, three times. That's interesting. Okay. it's a lot. I sometimes wait at stage door for the cast to come out. Have you got the T-shirt? <laughs> no, no, no. So I think one time I went to see it when I'd never seen it before um, because it was just exciting to get to go and see Mamma Mia. This was right. before the film. Then one time my mum was visiting. Right. And... I thought I'd like to take her to a West End show. Mm. So I thought, why not Mamma Mia? Okay. And then the most recent time was Sarah and I were, were going through this. I mean, basically something terrible had happened while we were doing IVF and we were going through this miserable time. And I thought, well, what, what can I do that will just be unbridled joy? Mm. And you want some unbridled joy? Mamma Mia mm. is the thing. It gives you so, it. Yeah. So we got cheap theatre tickets to go and see Mamma Mia on a Friday night in London's The West End. And I think there were a couple of factors at play. One is when a show's been open for 15 years or or whatever it is, it's it's not quite the same kind of engaged audience as you might expect. So people have seen run. it a few times. Or or people have just got like deals. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Um and I think also in that 15 years, behaviour in theatres has gone rapidly downhill. Oh. I remember going to see Billy Elliot and I saw somebody go from giving a standing ovation to the performers on stage after a song and dance number mm. to looking at Facebook in their phone within 20 seconds. Whoa. Like people just don't know how to behave. <laughs> you think a cinema is bad. Some of those West End shows, I mean, it's it's mm. 10 times worse. So, so, so anyway, I'm not... Go, I'm going to this thing just thinking, oh, this will be fun. I've seen it before. I like the songs. It might not be the greatest theatrical experience of my life, mm. but it, we've had a wretched time of it. This will be a fun thing to do. So we sit down and the overture, the overture starts and there's people talking behind us. But I think, oh, they're going to they're gonna settle down when it starts. So it starts and they're really talking quite a lot and laughing and, you know, the the main character in it is called Donna, the one played by Meryl Streep in the film. Oh, yeah. Like somebody shouts out, Donna, when oh, she comes on stage. Okay. And I'm getting more and more sort of irate in my seat Mm-mm. as this is happening. Now, I've said before that in a cinema, it's the one environment where I'm very assertive. I will happily turn around and shush somebody quite aggressively. Yeah, yeah. Theatre's slightly different because you've got the, you know, you've got the performers on the stage uh, there yeah. and whatever. But I'm just getting more and more angry and I'm like nudging Sarah and she's going, just leave it, just leave it. 
and, and I just get so irate that I eventually, but my head's about to explode. So I make my angry face. I go to turn around and go, shh. So I start to raise my finger to my lips as I turn around. I turn around. I see who's making all this noise. And it's a coach load of adults with learning difficulties. Oh, God. So I very oh, quickly managed oh, to transform oh, my finger into a thumbs up oh, and give them a big oh, smile. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is perhaps the most condescending thing I've ever <laughs> done in my life. <sighs> anyway, Mamma Mia 2. I don't know if they will be doing a theatrical production of it, but as long as it's at the cinema, I'll be very happy shushing people who get too rowdy during it, if and when I get to see it. Form an orderly bubble and off we go. Adrift. All right, on to Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. It's the Rules School and the Knowledge College. Okay, I have a query for the Glap Clinic. Please keep this anonymous in case of the vague possibility of someone my wife knows listening. I think we're assuming his wife doesn't listen. (laughs) So my daughters are both keen swimmers and are competing in the county finals of the school swimming gala. I am unfortunately unable to attend due to work commitments. My wife is taking them instead. Two things about my wife. She is not good at replying to text messages or answering her mobile. And also she gets highly offended if I ask someone else something that she thinks is her domain. (laughs) My query is this. I want to know what is happening and how they're getting on in the gala. So how long after I've texted my wife to ask, is it acceptable to send a message to one of the other dads who I get on well with and chat with at the early morning 5am pool sessions? I mean, this is a this is a marital problem, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or I suppose it's you know it's about text messaging and how how soon do you? I have noticed my mum. So I was with my mum at the weekend, and I noticed that she and maybe other people of her age they treat a text message like a phone call, and that the moment they get it, it is looked at and answered. Like it's quite often I hear a text message, I won't immediately go right. to it. Right? Yeah, she, yeah, so yeah. She was walking with the pram, and it was the situation where the baby was just gone to sleep, so you need to keep the pram moving. But she got a text message, so and she stopped because like, oh, well, I've got, I've got, I've got to want. It's, it's like a phone call to. <laughs> right? Them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll yeah. tell you who the worst with it is is Lynn Barron. Oh, really? I mean, if you think about what the stereotype of um, like a teenager with a mobile phone is, <laughs> right? Like Lynn Barron is is that exact thing. Really? Like her head is in it all the time. You'll be out walking along. She'll be ten meters behind because she's got a head and a phone uh, texting she's got two phones for some reason what bigamist <laughs> <laughs> two phones or maybe one's like a europe phone and no 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 one one is her professional phone and uh, one is okay, her okay. actual which I, I don't buy that i think you can probably set your phone up in such a way that if you wanted to switch it to personal mode oh yeah you're you're Professional calls would just go straight to voicemail, mm. only allow, but any, mm, anyway. Mm, mm. So, you know, between juggling two, um, I feel I'm getting sidetracked here. Right, right, right. It's a parents and texting. M- yeah. m- millennial mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the question basically is... How, how soon after having texted, knowing full well she's not going to reply, is yeah. it okay to ask someone who will reply? I just think about this. I'm trying to think if it was me. So if it was me receiving the text and then she texted somebody else, it wouldn't bother me. See, it's all about empathy. This this feature is all about empathy. Mm. And I'm having a little difficulty empathising with his wife at this point. Uh, to me, to the extent that I don't think I'd even text the wife, I'd just go straight to the, one of the other dads. I wouldn't waste my time. Use, use it. I mean, I, if I were you, what I would do, I, was, I, I would use this 
uh, to ignite a row about any other problems you've got in your marriage at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> what does that solve? <laughs> Just to get get it all off your chest. Well, so she's she's clearly at fault here. Yeah, I mean, especially in a situation where, you know, he, he wants to yeah, know. Yeah. So either reply to your text messages mm. or don't have a problem with uh, him asking somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, you've just got to pick pick one of those two things. If I were to take her side, like, you know, this is a swimming gala, things are happening quickly. Like, should she be constantly having to check her phone? No, but, but she shouldn't then be bothered. Mm, yeah, if he, if he ask asks somebody else. else yeah. yeah, yeah. And if, can you remind me, why isn't he going to the swimming gala himself? Work commitments. Mm, okay. Mm. I think Polisicki might be. Yeah. Might be an option. Yeah. Think about your work-life balance. <laughs> Missing out on this swimming gala. Yeah. Just to go and work for the man. Yeah. For a dollar. <laughs> Making a lot of assumptions here, but yes, <laughs> I agree. Pull a sickie and risk losing your job. Okay, let's move on to the next yeah. one. This is from Chris. I'd like to share a problem to be addressed in Quandary Corner in Problematic at the Glap Clinic at the Rural School Knowledge College. You know the feature. Now, actually, this is something that I, we have touched on but before Knowledge College Club Clinic. And so I don't feel that we ever really got the proper answer. Okay. A few weeks ago, I went to visit a friend and stay over for the weekend. We've known each other a long time, but as we live in different cities, we don't see each other too often. My friend and his fiancé moved into a new house last August, but this was to be my first time seeing them in their house. I wasn't sure if I should take a housewarming gift or if the moment had passed. However, after almost a year of living there, I guess they already had what they needed. So I decided not to take a gift, but keep on the lookout for anything they may need so I could make an online order and get something delivered to them on my return. As it happens, their house was beautiful and nothing and needed nothing. But they live quite near some sand dunes which you can go sledging on. My friend took me sledging there, but their sledge just wasn't up to the job. It was an odd shape, it kept getting stuck in the sand, and while little clids were having flying down the dunes having a blast, theirs wasn't working. The perfect gift was suddenly obvious. So when I came back, I decided to order them a pair of sledges from Amazon as a gift. I texted my friend asking for his address, then ordered, and I told him to look out for something in the post. Now, Amazon claims they should have been delivered over a week ago, but I've received no acknowledgement from my friend. There's no tracking information, so I don't know for sure if they got the gift. It's possible, for example, that someone took the package or that there was some problem with the supplier that I'd have to chase up. However, I don't want to text my friend in case he has already got it. And it just looks like I'm fishing for a thank you. How should I proceed? Okay, so, but only a week. It's been a week. So sometimes I'll get one of those little red cards through from the postman. Mm. And you've got to go to the local post office to pick it up, which Mm. can be like a 20 minute walk away or something. Yeah. And I can wait more than a week. I think two weeks is the cutoff. Okay. So you're saying give it two weeks? Two weeks. I mean, there's a slight possibility that the friends might have felt that you were dissing their sledge. <laughs> were a bit annoyed about you buying them a better one. I mean, I think that I, I think this is a very thoughtful and generous gift. I just want to say that straight away. It seems that like, sounds like a nice friend. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I, I really respect what you've done there. Mm. Um so I'm going to say two weeks is the cutoff point. Okay. And then what happens at two weeks? So I had a situation recently where I sent somebody um, a selection of nuts and I never heard back from them. <laughs> can it, can it, do I need to know any more information or would that, that just not interesting? So I was work- I mean, I'm intrigued, that's all. I was working with somebody. Yeah. And um, we got to talking about 
chocolates or, or whatever treats. And she said, I haven't really got a sweet tooth, but you know what I love mm. is, you know, settling in with an evening with, with some really good nuts. So after we'd finished working together, <laughs> yeah. I sent her a little note saying how much I'd enjoyed it and, and sent some mixed nuts. But then I became paranoid that she thought that she'd forgotten the conversation about the nuts. Mm. And I was implying that, implying that she was, in fact, nuts. Oh, God, the thoughts that go through your head. I, know, I mean, I that, that, there is zero likeness of that. But the paranoia that leads to yeah, that thought, yeah, I do yeah. understand. Yeah. Um, so I wrote her an email about something unconnected, like I contrived some reason to write her an email and then put, oh, P.S., uh, I'm not fishing for a thank you, but... Did you receive a little something from me in the post? I always worry that these things mm. have got, will get lost. And then, of course, she writes me an email back and she's a bit embarrassed. Oh, I meant to thank you, but I went away on holiday. And So, so you do put somebody in an awkward position, but at least then you know. Mm-mm. It's so, it's very difficult. I think, really, we all just have to thank people straight away and pick our packages up very, very promptly. Yeah. To save this happening. But what would you do in this situation? I think you're probably right. I would definitely give it another... I think one week isn't long enough, yeah. just in case they... they well, there's like... You usually leave it the neighbour now, don't they? I know that I'm the local post office on my street, so <laughs> I love experience of this. But and then maybe the neighbour has not been, you know, hasn't brought it around. I don't know. But yeah, two weeks, definitely. I told you before, we had a very expensive toast to go missing. I know, on yeah. the street. Yeah, it's yeah, had Some, it. somebody had it. Yeah. So it does happen. Yeah. Probably the same people who reported us to the council for the pitch of our roof. Probably. Being too high. Yeah. Maybe go, like, make the journey again, not to see your friends, but to go to these local sand dunes to see if someone else has got their sledges. <laughs> That'd be a way of dealing with it. But yeah, give it two weeks. And then, yeah, call or text or email saying, like you say, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, fishing I'm, not, I'm not fishing for a thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. fishing for a thank you, but I just want to check you got them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That was our podcast thank you for listening and if you are a rate and review kind of person why not do your thing and rate and review us with a good rating and an excellent review on itunes please and of course we are um, incredibly grateful for the support on patreon if you don't support us on patreon uh, already it really helps us keep the podcast going and if you become a new supporter we may well name our second borns after you I say may well, it's very much a non-binding promise. But anyway, support the podcast, please, at patreon.com stroke adrift. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And thanks to my old pal, Piccolo Pete Mitchell, for the advice. You can find Pete in lots of places, uh, including Pete uh, Twitter, on which I think he's at Pete Mitchell DJ. Uh, but you can also find him on the new Virgin Radio, and he's got an online show called Finders Keepers, which is excellent. So uh, go off and support Pete's endeavours. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our eye dents. Patrick Gunning and Awana Babu provided technical support. Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. We would love it if you shared your story of social failure with us and your fellow drifters. Hello at adriftpodcast.com is the email address and it's the same email address if you have a, a situation, a social situation for which you need to know the rule or rules in Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic 
uh, the, the Rules School of the Knowledge College and all that, uh, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And finally, thanks to Annabelle's friend, Marie, for creating such a memorable TV moment, at least for Annabelle's lover, Tom. Drift. Okay, podication time. This comes from Stephen Whitehead, who says, "Good morning, evening, afternoon, Jeff and Annabelle." Hello. Good morning. As it turns out, mm. it's uh, where where we are now is seven minutes to midday. Still morning. Yeah. Um, after almost 30 episodes of Adrift, I thought it was about time to get my podication into the show. Having requested two podications on your previous radio show and only getting one of them actually aired. Just did a little cold, hard stare at Annabelle. And yeah, I took it in. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this will be a little more successful. Mm. I'm not sure whether my last one was just too boring or it missed the bulldog clip. Alas, both are probably as likely as each other. I should say that... <laughs> I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you now that he had to chase this one up as well because it was sent some time ago. And I thought we'd done it, but we hadn't. And apparently there was some discussion on the Facebook group, the Facebook discussion group, about whether he should uh, chase it up or not. So, uh, yeah. But, you know, th- I've got this new system and it's just, you know, it's just like just, just adjusting at the moment. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, previously in my life, I requested podications for the people in my life, but no, not today. I would like this podication for myself. Mm. Everyone deserves a chance in life for self-praise. Over the past year, I've been through many difficult endeavours, but thanks to my love of podcasts, I've been able to ignore most of them. I know you do not like praise, uh, but Adrift always had a proud place on my Wednesday listening schedule, and I hope to never miss an episode. Mm, Thank you. Very nice. Because, I mean, it it sounds like a competitive schedule as well. You sound like you know your stuff when it comes to podcasts, Mm. and people have to jostle to get onto that schedule, and there we are. On a Wednesday. Hopefully a permanent fixture, despite Annabelle's (laughs) system. Um, I look forward to more of the other drifters' social ineptitude and maybe one day I will reveal some of my own awkward stomach-churning stories. Yes, please Please. do that. Um, As a final point, I'd like to wonder, could I be one of your youngest active listeners? Do I pull down the average listening age of this podcast? I'm currently 23 years old. I wonder, I wonder. Yes, so I think there are some young listeners Mm. who don't have that much choice in it because their parents have it on. Mm -mm. But I think in terms of choosing... To listen, yeah. Uh, I mean, I understand why you do, really, because if I was a hip twenty-three-year-old, <laughs> me and Annabelle is exactly what I want to hear. I mean, I'd really closely relate to that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I bet you do. Thank you. I mean, I just want to thank you, mm, from thank the bo- you from the bottom of my heart. I wonder. I wonder. Anyway, I wonder what our oldest listener is. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, if you yeah. if you feel that you are, let us know. Mm. Um. You know, I know my in-laws, my mother and father-in-law listen to it, but I think it's just sort of out politeness. Mm. I think my parents dropped off. They were, but they dropped off. Yeah, my mum listened for a bit and then dropped off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I digress. All the best and cheerio, Stephen. Uh, the once and fabulous, once and always fabulous listener in Loughborough. If Annabelle ever visits again, I would love to say hi. Oh. Also, Loughborough would be great for a live show. The town hall has a small-ish capacity. Yeah. Um, when were you there? 
I went to visit a friend in January. Ah, yeah. I was at the Latitude Festival recently, which isn't too oh, far from there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Stephen, thank you. And apologies for the slight mix up with mm. your podications. Mm. Um, <laughs> the slight mix up. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, but but thank you. It was for... only March that he sent it in. I mean, what are we now? Come on, give me a break. All right, another podication. This comes from Jamie Davis, who says, "Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. Please, could I get a podication for my wife Fiona for as near to the twenty seventh of July as possible?" So near-ish. we did our best. Near-ish. Yeah, we did our best. Um, the 27th will see us celebrate six years of marriage and this year is extra special as it's our first anniversary since our son Alfie was born back in September oh, oh Alfie congrats. Alfie so very similar age to Rudy yeah, yeah. Uh, Fiona is an incredible wife who always supports and encourages me in everything I do she's got such a kind heart is incredibly funny and truly is my partner in crime yeah, she would be advocating that. She truly is. Oh, yeah. crime. What crimes are these being committed? Um, it was a whirlwind of emotions when Alfie was born, as we nearly lost Fiona. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that. Yeah. But I mean, I know it's got a happy ending, so I am yeah, managing yeah. to Good. stay in control of my emotions Phew. so far. Uh, but 10 months on, she has fought back to full health and is the most brilliant mother Alfie could ever ask for. She never asks for anything. She sounds amazing. Wow, who doesn't ask for anything? And always puts others' needs before her own. So I think this podication, as well as a lovely dinner and night away from mummy duties, will go a small way to show her just what she means to me and our son. I introduced her to this podcast and she is now fellow drifter. Whoa, she's the greatest. Yeah, she is the greatest, I think. Uh, thank you very much. Keep up the work. I've still got those amazing scissors. Um, kind kind regards, Jamie Davis. So there we go. Fiona. Um... Congratulations on six years of marriage to Jamie. He's lucky to have you by the sound of it. And um, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful time doing whatever you decide to do with these free hours. Yep. So there we go. That's uh, that's another podcast. And if you would like an episode of this podcast dedicated to you, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? 
And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 